Previously on the Simply Human Podcast. He would lay in the floor asleep and he would just crap. <laughs> like a huge pile of dog crap. <laughs> in the floor. Just right, right behind him. He'd be like, oh, the dog crap. <sighs> It's episode 161 of the Simple Human Podcast with your hosts, Mark and Rick, two human beings being human. Uh, today, is uh, we got an interview, and we're super excited about it. Rick was actually able to be on the call, so we're going to get right to it. The, uh, the show today is the interview, so without further ado, um, here it is. We hope you enjoy it. Joining us today... On the Simple Human Podcast is, well, you know what? It, we're going to have a conversation about his name, but it's it's Michael. Is it Cohan? Cohan? I didn't ask about your last name. Cohan, yes. Cohan. Irish German Jew. Okay, well, there you go. That's a pretty good combination right there. And or, and or, Makunda. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. But uh, Michael is a certified health and lifestyle coach and a 500-hour registered yoga teacher, Rick, take notes, who works with others to help them restore balance in their lives by helping them to make healthier and more conscious lifestyle choices. Michael's goal is to help clients and students discover the skills to help them move forward in all areas of their lives. Welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on, guys? I have a quick question before we get started, if that's okay. He's going to ask us our birthdays. I, I, no, no. I want to know where the GoFundMe account is because I can't find it and I want to give some money so you can get your money back. Uh, I, okay, uh, we actually talked about this like three or four episodes ago, and I totally forgot about it. Wait, um, did you uh, listen? Did you listen to the show or something? Like, is that how do you know about that? <laughs> Someone actually listened? <laughs> yeah, I listen to your. Sh- I always listen to shows, and I'm going to be on to get to know the people. Oh, I'm like, these guys are going to be fun, <laughs> but I want to know where that GoFundMe <laughs> account is. Well, Mark, look, uh, I'm not. I'm, I'm actually in my car, mobile skyping. Oh, so, hey, bragging man, montage. America. So, Mark, look on uh, the. I, I put it on the link to whatever show we talked about. I put it in a comment in the Facebook page. Okay, okay. Uh, so let Facebook, me go. Uh, yeah. All right. That I'm gonna yeah. look. I'm gonna look that up. But while I'm looking that up, go ahead and tell us because it's you. You go to your website and you do some research. You see Michael sometimes, or on your email, you see Makunda sometimes. Talk about what. What is that all about? Yeah, no worries. So I come from I'm I am as I work with a lot of Indian clients, so I can say this pr- professionally. I am the whitest Indian you'll ever meet, <laughs> born in as a German Jewish American who met his Swami, who is a Hindu, and took on formal initiation. And there's a whole backstory before around this, where at the age of thirty, I was divorced. I was a hundred thousand dollars in debt. Ooh. I was. I weighed 230 pounds. I woke up every morning and bumped a line of Coke and went to bed every night uh, drinking a bottle of wine, taking two Xanaxes, and worked in a high-pressured corporate job. And this was miserable. My stepfather was dying of cancer. I was in a really bad place. I mean, I met this therapist who kind of like walked me through kind of like turning my life around, even though on paper I looked very successful. I had a great job. I, had a, I actually had like a Manhattan night girlfriend that was really good looking and really sexy Mm. but i was just miserable and dark inside and part of the way for me to cope with all these anger issues was to see a therapist and this therapist recommended yoga as a way to deal with my stress my anxiety and my anger issues and through that journey i got healthy and i began to kind of contemplate the meaning of life which is spirituality like who am i what's my purpose 
And then along that journey, I met my spiritual teacher, Radhanath Swami, and I studied with him for, you know, like five or six years, cleansing my mind and body. And through a series of following what we call regulative principles, I took formal initiation into what is called a, a dyslipic lineage or sampradaya that dates back to the time of Krishna or the time of like the birth of this age, like biblical times, like teacher to student, teacher to student. And I got the name Mukunda Chandradas. And it takes on a certain energy. Like that's the that that name that I was given is what my teacher thinks my true potential can be. Huh. And so when you and then the Eastern philosophy or the Eastern tradition, when you take on formal initiation with a guru, they give you your spiritual name as a way to say, here's who you can be if you continue on this journey to enlighten it. So Rick's Rick's name would do. be uh, Truck Stop Men's Room. I think uh, would be your potential. No, Rick. you're thinking you're thinking American Indian, not uh, <laughs> yeah. Eastern. Yeah, Eastern so, religion, American Indian. That's oh, two right, different things. right, right. You can't deport Native Americans from this country. <laughs> Mark, uh, Michael, have you ever thought about making like legally making that Makunda your actual legal name? Or is it? No, no. My my American name, my birth name is Michael, and I go by both Michael and Makunda names connotate the relationship you want to have with something yeah this so if you wanted to have like a material name like you know hey let's go hang out and shoot some pool and let's have some fun that's michael if you want to have a spiritual relationship with me study scriptures practice yoga learn about like life goals <laughs> spirituality then it's makunda see now there's lots of ways it's, 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 uh, it's michael on the street makunda between the sheets <laughs> <laughs> Something along those no, no, lines. No, no, no. My girlfriend calls me Michael. <laughs> oh, okay, so okay. yeah, so like at work, it's like uh, it's like uh, what about Bob when Richard Drivers is like uh, in my office? You may call me uh, oh, what was his name? Doctor Doctor Marvin Leo Leo Marvin. You know that book? He's like in in my office. You can call me Leo. In my home, I'd like you to call me Doctor Marvin. So in my home, I would like for my family to refer to me as please don't bother me. And at work, you can call me Mark. How about that? <laughs> Yeah, no problem. As long as it's as long as it's not from El Paso. <laughs> All right. So I want to start off with the uh, I guess start off with the second question. By definition, I'm not starting off. I'm asking the second question, not the first. However, be that as it may, so you got introduced to yoga by a therapist. Was this just a regular, what you would call, I guess, mainstream, uh, you know, psychologist therapist type of person? It's like, hey. Hey, maybe you should look into this. Or was it someone that, like, uh, maybe wasn't quite as traditional? Like, tell me about that. I'm no, no. That. This guy was the most normal guy. I've never, ever, everything that has ever come to me that's worked out in my life, I've never, it's just kind of been like karma and the universe. Like, it's just kind of like, oh, my best friend, basically, I was in a bar. It was like two o'clock in the morning. I was acting like an a-hole. I don't know if we can use the split, like what kind of language you we can, can use on this show. Saying a-hole is okay, but I will have to bleep out if you say the other thing. Rick, don't do it. I was just about to do it. I was just about to do it. I was a total D-bag. That's the best there way. I go. was just like, it's like New York City D-bag, super ego, just like jerk. And my best friend, who's like a really cool hippie girl, surfer girl, she just looked at me. She's like, dude, you're going to die if you don't see a therapist. Like you're in, you're being this like this big D-bag. Everybody just like hates you and you got problems. Go figure them out. I'm a real friend and I'll hang out with you. But like you need to figure your stuff out. Like you're a mess. And I just was like, okay. And I went <laughs> online to my insurance company and typed in 
psychologist and went, what's the closest place to my office? And this that takes my up. insurance. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And I was where everyone finds their therapist. As they go, who's up my insurance and who's closest to work? Who, oh. Yeah. Who's who's within walking distance? Oh, it's that's it. So you better hope there's someone new on your team. Oh, rides with connection issues. Yeah, he's oh. driving. It happens. Yeah. To mute. That's like. That's how that's how Rick finds his whiskey. He just drives through the drive-through of like uh, the liquor store and is like, "Whatever's on sale." I thought he was gonna drive through McDonald's asking for the whiskey because <laughs> he gets confused. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so that's how I found my therapy. It was it was like at the time when uh, yoga was like just coming out of like like fringy society lady gaga just didn't do yoga yet and the new yorker before lady gaga did yoga new yorker did this whole article on how yoga can help you and it was in my therapist's office and my <laughs> therapist was like do yoga like he was like i don't know what he i think he didn't know what to do with me because i walked into the place and i was like yeah hi i have a graduate degree in psychology i work in the city i'm really type a and you i'm not gonna lie on the couch and talk about my problems and he was like looked at me he's like try yoga and I was like, fine, I'll try yoga. <laughs> and then, so I went to this yoga studio and like there were all these beautiful women and I'm this like fat slob who can't walk up a flight of stairs. And like, I'm like, I want to date these women. <laughs> hey. I'm like, and that's how I got into yoga. And I, and so I would like show up to yoga on like a Sunday morning, like hungover, toxic. And my teacher would just look at me and she goes, one of these days you're going to come in sober. And you're going to be clean. And I was like, fine. Challenge accepted. I will do that. <laughs> and the next week, I came in sober. And I was like, see? I could do this. <laughs> and that's how I started getting into yoga. So when you first went in, was it like uh, a dumpster fire of you trying to do all the positions? Or did you have relatively like good mobility where you could like some, do some of the more advanced poses? No, dude, I couldn't touch my knees. You know, people are like, oh, I can't touch my toes. I couldn't touch my knees because I had a <laughs> gut in the way. No. And, like, this isn't like yoga now where yoga is everywhere. You can practice yoga at the mall. You can practice yoga in the gym. There were maybe, like, three dozen yoga studios, and everybody took it very seriously. Yeah. So there's this fat, out-of-shape Jewish man that's a little hairier than he is now because, like, I got healthy, so I lost some of my hair, mm. who, like, can't breathe walks into the studio in a suit sweating and like puts on like you know like like you know like gym clothes and everybody's wearing like lululemon and i'm wearing like you know hanes t-shirts and like you know knit shorts from walmart and i sit down i can't even sit on the ground like i had to sit on like three blocks and a strap and next to me is like this beautiful fashion model and my slobby fat <laughs> and you're just like lighting up, a, you just like lights up a cigarette, like before yeah, you know, class. Yeah. Oh, and I would be smoking a cigarette before I walked into the studio. And this is a time when like like famous people still practice yoga in the yoga studios. They weren't mainstream. So like Russell Simmons is in the room, and Maggie Gyllenhaal's in the room. Oh my gosh! And yeah, yeah, this is New York City like 15 years ago. Like all these famous people and this slobby fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh okay so so there was that day now what is your like let's fast forward to now what is your day-to-day -day now i'm uh i get up every morning at 6 a.m and i spend two hours meditating practicing yoga doing japa meditation which is a resuscitation of a mantra uh journal uh foam roll tai chi yoga 
completely different guy, super healthy. I have a great girlfriend who's super supportive and super cool. And I spend my day just helping people find their path in life and find their purpose, like to get unstuck. You know, I think the biggest problem with like the yoga and life coaching industry, which is what I try not to do, is try not to help people find their passion. Because like, I just don't think that's, I, it's just like, find your passion. Well, what if your passion is collecting baseball cards? How are you going to live your life collecting baseball cards? So I just help yeah. people like find what brings them joy without being distracted by social media and the television and try to help people eat a little better and live a little better and not beat themselves up when they want to go out and have like, you know, a couple of beers with their friends and eat some like other food. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about what is your sort of uh, health wellness philosophy? <laughs> I don't really have a philosophy. I don't really follow, like I have a bunch of certifications. I think like formal training, I value formal training as a person. So when I look for somebody to work with, I always look to make sure they have formal training. So I have formal training. Um, but I don't really follow any sort of philosophy. I start with teaching people how to meditate and then we just have a conversation. It's like, what's going on in your life? What's wrong? Well, and people just say like, and they start from there. Like some people are like, I want to lose 10 pounds. And other people are like, I hate my job. And some people will go, I don't get along with my family. And the list just goes on. And all I try to do is teach people through making a little bit more healthier choices, learning how to breathe and begin to look at their thought patterns and how their thought patterns are related to unconscious programming and how to reprogram the mind through just like living more mindful. Yeah. So, uh, agree or disagree, and why? Um, there is one right way to move. There is one white right way to eat. And, I disagree. And follow that, and you'll be fine. I disagree. And, this is why. Yeah. I, I I think all like a lot of this self help indu- like industry is a bunch of BS. Like, here's the latest book on how to lose weight. Like, right now, everybody's paleo. And I'm just like, what the heck is paleo? Like, we were these tiny little pygmy people <laughs> that there was no way we ate animals every day. Like, it's like it was impossible. And every time we do an archaeological study, they say, we ate bugs, we ate grubs, yeah. and we ate plants. Well, it's like animals are very f- vicious. And they're very, yeah. they're very dangerous. It's very risky to kill an animal every single day for, like, three times a day. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't believe in, I don't practice bad diets. I'm like, for me, it's like, if you want to go, if you want a donut, go eat a donut. Yes. Yeah, like, live your life, but learn how to live your life healthy. Yeah, so so basically what you're saying is, like, make, like, healthy, sort of the the lizard brain is in control, where you're you're not really having to thinking about, it's on, it's on cruise control, the things you normally do in your normal daily routine are healthy and then if you have a beer with your friends and you go out for pizza or burgers or whatever and you and you, you you know you go to bed at 2 a.m or something it doesn't just completely destroy you yeah you get up the next day you dust yourself off and you start your day what i like to work with clients on is the automatic like automatic responses so like i'll work with a client and they'll be like i had a horrible day and my boss was really mean to me my wife was screaming and yelling at me and the kids were out of control and so i went to the refrigerator i drank six beers and ate a uh, uh, a, a thing of pizza okay were you watching me this before i went to work <laughs> I, I, this is how I was trying to find your GoFundMe account because I've been like stalking you. Oh, sp- speaking of that, very quickly, uh, Rick, it's up to twenty one dollars. What the hell? Twenty one dollars. 
21 big ones. Okay, anyway. So, so uh, anyways, so what I like to figure out is ways to create different habits to deal with those stressful situations. Or like, like with stress eating and not to beat somebody up. I had a client that is trying to lose 10 pounds and she's working with me and a nutritionist. And she went to her family for the weekend and her family's really stressful. And they're kind of judgmental. They don't like her path in life. She chose to become uh, more of a, like a new age yoga teacher. And she's trying to build like a holistic wellness center. And she's no longer a lawyer. And her parents are kind of critical. And so instead of her like taking Xanax and alcohol, she decided to bring like three pounds of M&Ms with her. And she ate, so she got through the weekend by eating M&M's <laughs> and on Monday morning, her nutritionist beat her up over it. She was like, couldn't you develop healthier ways to do that? Like take a walk. And I was like, what kind of person says that she's in a stressful situation. Her family's judging her. They're like ridiculing her. She's not drinking alcohol and taking Xanax. She's eating M&M's or like Leave cutting her, her arms. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, like, so it's like, it's all about finding balance of what works for you and not letting people beat you up for your choices. Like not to compare and contrast and not to like look at the television and say, that's how I'm supposed to live my life. Yeah, that's what I work on. Yeah, and I think we we share some similarities in in our thought process because like this whole idea with about the cheat day and or or this idea that you fell off a wagon if you ate a three pound bag of M and M's or something. It's like the way I look at it. It's like what you said about the donut. Like, no, you just you didn't fall off the wagon because you ate a donut. You you ate a donut. Like, just don't. Why does that have to be some huge, like profound? event in your life and now that you now it's thursday and you ate a donut so you might as well eat donuts until monday when you can like start the week over again like just the next thing you do is just the the next decision that you make and and so yeah so i think people get so hung up on uh these these like with a fad diet that you get into that that uh that risk of, of sort of falling into that trap i think the uh the the goal is to get to a point where you know, you might have to you might have to track calories or do a food general. You know, just sort of recalibrate if it's if you haven't been intentional about what you've been eating for a long time. But eventually, you get to a point where you're just sort of on autopilot. That's how we're designed. That's how our brains are designed to be healthy. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 just about. I mean, I'll give me as an example. I love donuts. Donuts are one of my favorite things in the world. They're I don't. Great. Rick likes scotch. I like donuts. <laughs> No, he likes cheap Canadian whiskey. Cheap Canadian like whiskey, even better. Brown, I like brown, wet whiskey, right? I'm not <laughs> particular. Gross. Particular. The, the stuff that smells like my rubbing alcohol that I clean my yoga mat with. Exactly. Ah, so refreshing. <laughs> it burns so good. <laughs> so, like, I like donuts. Like, that is my, that donuts, grilled cheese, and french fries are my comfort food. When I begin to be like when my life begins to become stressful and I start to not get enough sleep and I start to become overworked at work or like something goes wrong in my life, I first my first thing I do is start to watch a little bit more TV than I should. So instead of watching like an hour of TV a night, I'll start I'll watch three hours of TV. Then I'm a little tired the next day. Then I'm tired the next day. Then I will go eat like a grilled cheese and French fries and then. If I don't catch myself and go, oh, wow, I'm eating my grilled cheese and French fries, I know that now I'm a little tired and I'm starting to regress to like unhealthier choices uh. because I have those habits patterned into my brain because once they're there, they're always there. You never get rid of those underlying subconscious thoughts. Right. Then I have to be like, okay, get a good night's sleep. But if I ignore it 
and I go don't get a good night's sleep, then next day I'm gonna eat a bunch of donuts as a way to cope it, and I'm gonna get like the 32 ounce like big soda gulpy garbage, <laughs> and that's gonna be my comfort food to get me through the day. Because you're tired because you didn't get enough sleep. Yeah. Because and it's just a trigger, and uh, we all have these different domino effect triggers that go from our best self to our worst self. And as we, if we live more mindful and we're more conscious, then we begin to understand what our triggers are in any given, any given situation that takes us away from our best self, which is, you know, we're, we're, we just know who we are, we're compassionate, we're able to help people, we're able to provide value, we're not conceited, we're not egoic, to our worst self where it's like, it's me against the world and everybody, I got to crush everybody. And I just want to feed my ego and feed my body to feel good. And that's just like, it's just about our patterns that allow us to digress and based on whatever's going on in a different person's life. Yeah. Are you a fan you, of, you oh, sorry, Rick, you I, go ahead. Hang on, before I don't want you, I want you, I want to stand on what you was just talking about. Yeah. You just said something that's very interesting to me. Uh, you know, you, you said that you personally, if you're feeling super stressed out, uh, you're, you go-to kind of comfort food is grilled cheese, french fries, and donuts. And uh, hopefully when you're eating those, you realize, oh, you know what, I need to make sure that I'm recalibrating. I think the, the, the problem isn't necessarily, uh, you know, going to those comfort foods when you're super stressed out or eating the three-pound bag of them necessarily when you're stressed out. It's making sure that the times where you're stressed out are few and far yes. between. And so that yes. you're normal, you're, you're, you're normal, you're 90% is not stressed out, feels good, and is able to, you know, use your lizard brain of being healthy. And that, like, when that one day out of every couple of weeks happens, you, you have a fight with your spouse or something happens at work or something, then you have the, 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 the I, I guess I'd call the, it, like, the leeway. Wiggle room, yeah. To, to, the wiggle room to be like, you know what, I had a real crappy day today. Uh, I'm going to have pizza because pizza's my thing. I'm going to eat some pizza. That's what I'm going to I'm gonna go to sleep, and then tomorrow I'm gonna be back, and I'm gonna take care of my stress, and everything's gonna be fine. It's kind of how I how I interpreted what you said. Is that about right? You make me sound so much smarter than I am now. Thanks, Rick. <laughs> On my in my show notes, <laughs> in, in my sh- Rick in my show notes, I'm writing. Rick makes a really solid point. <laughs> okay. Well, I do what I can, everyone. Uh, it's hard to be me. It's really hard. <laughs> I, I muddle through. And and here's the thing, Rick. That's what mindfulness is. Yeah. We have this like big new agey viewpoint of what mindfulness is where it's like some guy with a shaved head, I had one once, <laughs> sitting in robes in a room in contemplation with this like blissful face and that's the goal of mindfulness. And I, whenever I hear that, I'm always like, God, I just want to like stab myself and like, you know, slit my wrist and like, this is what I feel. I'm like, God, this is why people don't like people like me because <laughs> it's not <laughs> relatable. Yeah. It, you know, mindfulness is just about understanding who you are, your patterns, what's going on in your life, and figure out, like, like when you're not in perfect harmony with your life that's good for you, what are your triggers that bring you off balance and how to recalibrate? Recal- and when you know that, then you're living mindfully. I have a, I have a theory. I want to see what you think about this theory. I think that... Someone who is is being mindless and they're just kind of living life, their health is not on their radar. 
and now all of a sudden they're gonna they're gonna try to make a change. It, it like so they do paleo or they do vegan or they do vegetarian or they do South Beach or they do the whatever fad diet they see. They're gonna see positive results, not because necessarily that diet is the best thing for them, but only because they're being intentional about it. They're 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 putting forth some thought to it. And do you think that's that's true or not? Yeah, I mean, of course. I think when any, I think, but the problem is when people do that without understanding why they're doing it, it doesn't last. That's why most right. people go on a diet and then they revert back to their like same state. And we can get into why change is so hard if you want, because I have a pretty good theory of why I think change is so hard from my personal experience and from like my experience working with people. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, yeah, and I was gonna say too, like that's you know, that, so you get some initial. Uh, results because you're being just intentional in any way. Same thing with like a movement program. You're going to start working out. It really doesn't matter what you do. You do anything, you're going to see some improvement. The, the trick is, okay, it's got to be a sustainable behavior or it's not going to last. Um, so are you, are you a fan of like the, you know, I guess the, the buzzword for it is like keystone habits where, you know, it's like making your bed technically has nothing to do with your physical health. But if you get into a routine where, okay, every morning I wake up, I'm going to drink eight ounces of water. Uh, I'm going to make my bed. I'm going to floss, you know, I'm going to do these things and that's going to lead me to make better, you know, choices throughout the day. Is that something that you, uh, uh, teach or is that, is that yeah, I coach that. That's one of my primary like core principles of coaching. Oh my is gosh. teach people healthy habits first thing in the morning, um, before they start their day. Like, like, and usually it's like simple acts of like making the bed and sitting in meditation for like, and start as simple as that, and try to get to them where they're at a point where they're doing an an hour routine that works for them every morning. I'm a huge fan of that oh, because. Sweet. Well, what I is mean, your, what is your routine? What do you do in the, like? Well, you already mentioned it. You said you you meditate for two hours. Okay, so let's say you're working with somebody who is uh, just coming to the table. They're not ready to. Meditate I don't meditate for two, for hours. two hours. I I have a, my routine is ridiculous. One, I don't have kids. Oh, two, well, hmm. I'm a yoga teacher and I work for myself and I don't have a nine for nine to five job. Three, <laughs> I go to bed and get up at this butt crack of dawn because I'm a yogi. Yeah. So like my routine is not what anybody else can do. My right. routine is two and a half hours long in the morning. Yeah. So what do you but suggest not, for somebody who's like who who you were, you know, 10 years ago um, that's just coming? They just need some sort of first step. What what are kind of like the basics of, of a morning routine? You know, my, my basics for my morning routine, let's just say like brand new person, if they if they need to be up and out the door at seven o'clock, they got to get up at seven, they got to shower and be out the door by 730. I tell them to start going, getting up at 630. Yeah, that's the first goal. Like get up a half hour before you start your day. Sit down on a couch. Don't turn the TV on. If you drink coffee, make a cup of coffee or make a cup of tea and read a book read something that's like the easiest activity and i'm not talking about read like a fantasy novel i'm a huge sci-fi nerd i read <laughs> comics i'm a loser i'm talking like read like like read like a tony robbins book or a zig ziglar yeah. book or like any book that's like here's some tips on how to be healthier like yeah like it'll, you know three you know one page worth of knowledge distilled in 300 pages to get to one point yeah but just read something drink coffee for 10 minutes then ten take ten minutes and do some light stretching, whether it's yoga or like I like Dan Millman's Peaceful Warrior workout. Yes. Or, yeah, I'm a big fan of his Peaceful cool. Warrior or like Tai Chi. Do that for ten minutes, and then sit down and write whatever's on your mind. Just get it out of your head. 
because a lot of the negativity that we have in life is this unnecessarily walking around and once you dump it out of your head nine times out of ten you'll feel better yeah and i I will say this um it's kind of a personal uh, anecdote there was a morning a few weeks ago that i I was up getting ready and my my kids are uh, uh, you know off for summer and so my wife teaches and so she's off too and so my mornings are way less stressful you know during the summer because i could just get myself ready and i'm out the door well I, i got into an argument with my wife and it it just yeah which is which isn't very uncommon like in the morning like it was just it was just kind of a but it, the, it, the whole rest of my day was ruined I, I didn't go work out that afternoon i didn't i didn't go i didn't get my i didn't because of that i didn't have my coffee i didn't do that and then like i messed up like my morning and then i was gonna do this one thing and i just like you know i don't feel like doing that and like i looking back on that day i was like oh my gosh it has to be because my morning got kind of screwed up uh, and I was yeah. in kind of a weird, stressful state in the morning, and it just it messed my whole day up. Got to learn to put the toilet seat down, my man. I know. Dang. How do you know? He, Ricky's following us. I think uh, he's, he's got the, he's the third, three-eyed raven. <laughs> Ooh. Yes. So the baseline that I teach in terms of, like, keystone habits that I think – because, like, I, like I, you go to these, like, self-help seminars, and everybody's like, meditate first thing in the morning, and everything will work out. Well, you know what? If you don't know how to meditate and you can't sit still because you haven't done it for 20 years, you ain't going to meditate tomorrow. Right. So let's just start with a simple baseline of getting a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or a glass of water, sitting down, and reading for 10 minutes. Yeah. Start there. Yeah. And then over time, let's build on top of that. That's where I start with. And make your bed. Yes. Always make your bed. Okay. That's such yeah. a that, I, making the bed it kills me. Because we're, we're getting Rick, we're gonna get right back in our bed, you and me, because we live together. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> God, I yeah. wish. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> but like uh I don't make the bed because I wake up before my wife, but uh I, I, all of those other things and, and I don't necessarily do them like for the reasons that you guys do. I just do them because I'm a super, super creature of habit. And uh, it just seems like things from like for me are more calm and more orderly when I do the things that I do. Uh, I make yeah. my coffee. I, I, you know, I, I do those. And if, if something happens like it, like the other day, I, I haven't done this in forever, but I, uh, I did the old AM PM on my alarm. I marked my alarm for 5:45 p.m. instead of 5:45. Oh no! Yeah. And, but I didn't. Wake, I didn't wake up so late I couldn't get to work. I woke up when Anna's alarm went off. But it messed up your like routine. Six, yeah, at 6:15 I could still get to work on time and all that. But then it jacked my whole routine yes. up. And that whole day I felt just anxiety and pressure, and it, like there was really no reason for any of it. And finally, near the end of my day, I was like, I know what happened. I had a terrible day. Because I got yeah. off track, right. like right from the get go, and for yeah. me, like first, I would say the first two hours of my day, you're sitting on the toilet. By far the most, well, that's part of what I do, Mark. As soon as I get to work, <laughs> I open up my office door and then I go to the bathroom. <laughs> and, but like, uh, like if, if I do the things that I typically do in my first two hours, then that almost, I, I almost want to say that builds enough resiliency to do, deal with like whatever comes my way the rest of the day does that does that make sense are you so you're telling me you're a creature of habit yes very much so He's me a, too yeah. mark are you a creature <laughs> of habit wait a second i think there's a there's a consistency here I, yeah oh. 
every person's a creature of habit. We all run on habits. I mean, if you want to look at this from a yoga standpoint, the second line of the yoga sutras is like, I'll get a little new age on you guys. Ooh, real yes. quick. Bear with me is yoga chitta vritti narodaha. Through the sensations of the fluctuation of the mind, one obtains the perfection of yoga. Then the rest of the philosophy of yoga explains what's going on. And one of the philosophies is you as a human being run on autopilot as in yoga we call them samskaras. These are automatic responses. Like when you're in line at the bank and there's a long line, you get pissed off. That's a samskar. You're not consciously going, oh, there's a long line. I think I'll be mad now. <laughs> when you get up in the morning and you brush your teeth, you don't consciously go, I, this is how I brush my teeth. Right, left, right, left, up, down, in, out. You were taught how to brush your teeth as a kid, and that becomes a samskar. It's an automatic pattern. Spell that for me. Samskara? Yeah. Uh, I think it's S-A-M-S-K-A-R-A. -A. I don't know. Yeah, he's like, I don't know. I just say it. Don't, don't ask me how to spell it. Uh, I can't spell my name half the time. I'm dyslexic. Hey, a red line didn't come up underneath it when I wrote it in, so that must be right. So, <laughs> yeah, we as human beings are, are, are programmed to work on autopilot. And the yogis have been saying this since the dawn of time. And now all this new age science is coming out and saying, yep, the yogis are right once again. 90% yep. of our thought patterns are, are done on autopilot and everything's based on a routine. So if you want to change your life and you want to be healthier and you want to have better relationships, the easiest thing to do is change your routine. This is where it comes hard. That's yeah. where, because the problem isn't your desire to change your routine. It's the people in your life that don't allow you to change. Yeah. That's the hardest part. It's not, that's what makes change so hard. So when you as a creature of habit, the reason why it's easy for you, Rick, is because you have this great guy whose name's Mark, who supports you in your, in your, in your growth. Mm. Yes. In our life partnership. Some, some, some kind of growth. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, okay, so a habit. Uh, I've seen it defined as a cue followed by a routine followed by a reward. Um, and so figuring out how to change the routine while keeping the reward the same is the key. You know, it's like, um, you know, your cue is every, every oh, it's 10 p.m. Uh, my favorite show comes on and I'm going to watch it for the next hour. The reward is I watched my show. So make it be like the cue, uh, change, it's 10 p.m., change your routine to, I'm going to go to bed, but then you record it and watch it the next morning or something, so your reward is the same. You still get to watch the show, but you've changed your routine, and that's how you kind of go in there and kind of rewire your brain uh, to sort of to develop some of those different neural pathways to change your behaviors to healthy behaviors instead of continuing to have to fight against your, your willpower. Well, yeah. I mean, as you guys know, and probably your audience, willpower only gets you so far in life. Yeah. And then you're, it's just like, it's exhausting. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, I mean, and, you know, and the biggest part of change isn't your desire to change. It's the people in your life that support you in your growth. Yeah. And this is why, you know, when you go on your, your journey, like a lot of the people around you, you're not going to be friends with anymore. Mm hmm. That's just the truth of life. And you have to ask yourself when you're on this growth journey and you want to change your pattern, you have to say, okay, these people that are like my lifelong friends, if you moved across the country, would they still be your lifelong friends or would you never see them again? Right. And if you were going to see them, if you moved across this country, then they're going to cheer you on for your growth and your change. If you're never going to see them again, if you moved across the country, 
they're just temporary friends. That doesn't mean they're bad. Huh. That's temporary. That's a good way to define it. The, the other, I think we've talked about it before on the show, is the, uh, the the Mexican prison friend. If you were in a Mexican prison and you had one phone call and the person had to answer and they had to come help you, that's the same kind of list. Or like kidneys. Like if I called Rick and it was like, Rick, I need your kidney in the next 10 minutes. And he would definitely like, oh, say no. Hello? hello? Yeah. Is, that a, is that a dial? I can't. Hello? You're breaking up. You're breaking up. Yeah. But here's the thing, Rick. Here, here's the thing. Even those people that are willing to give you your kidney aren't bad people. Sometimes those people are still temporary or permanent. So there's three types of friends that we have in this world. We have our permanent friends, our change friends, and our temporary friends. And all these people can be wonderful human beings. They can be great people. Your permanent friends are the people that you've known since you were childhood age or some point in life, and they only look at you one way. And so this is, and so people are always going to treat you that way. Yeah. Your permanent friends. Then you have temporary friends, and these are your friends you have like different stages in your life, and you can have them for a long period of time. They're your college friends, you know, and you can be friends with your college friends to this day. You then have your rare friends, and these are your change friends. And these are the friends that when you're like, you know what, I'm going to take on this new activity, they're like, go for it. Or I'm going to lose some weight. Or I'm going to like learn a language, and I'm not going to hang out because I'm, taking, I'm, I'm trying to better myself. Those are the people that are going to cheer you on and be your friends no matter who you are. And those are really rare to have. Most people aren't comfortable with that because people identify their lives with the people they surround themselves with, yeah. what they do for a living, and the community they're from. So if you are changing, you're coming a different person. Like let's say you're overweight. We'll use that. That's the easiest one. And you become this thin guy. You're changing your environment. The people around you, you're changing. And they don't like that. They're not bad people. You're just attacking their identification. And this is why change is so hard. Is because when people want you to stay the way you are, because then that's how they know their world exists. Right. All right. Well, we we need to wrap, and I want to get to uh, the cool gift that you sent, that link that you sent for our, just our listeners, and talk about your podcast and your website and all that. But there was one more point I wanted to make, just real quick, is that and it's something that I've, I guess I discovered this or sort of realized this after I read the uh, Anti Fragile by Nassim Taleb. Um, and it's the, the, the things that have been around the longest are generally like the things that work the best, right? And so when you look at, it's like what you said a second ago, like, oh, the yogis were right again, like meditation, mindfulness, like all that, that prayer, all that has been around since before recorded history. Like there's something effective about it. Like the people that think, ah, oh, it's just, uh -huh, you know, I'm going to use my phone to help me get healthy. Like the phone's been around for just a small fraction of the amount of time that, that, that you know, some of the other things have been, have been around for. So, you know, I, what, what do you, is that, do you agree with that? I, I call it the weapons of mass distraction, television, Facebook, social media, television. These are all distractions on your way to find your real self. Yeah. Yes. Things cool. like prayer, you know, we live in an age where religion is been, is being used in a negative way and there's nothing wrong with religion. There's nothing wrong with being a Christian or a Jew or a Hindu. There's nothing wrong with having a spiritual path. There's nothing wrong with adhering towards a tradition. These traditions help you become better if you use them to make yourself a better person and to help mm. the world around you without judging other people. Right. It's when we compare and contrast 
our religion or our belief is better than your belief and we're right and you're wrong is when it becomes harmful. Yeah, I'm reading a book right now just really quickly called The Denial of Death by Ernest Becker. And it, talk, and it have you read that or heard of it or anything? It's, it's on my bucket list. Yeah, so it's talking about how like all these wars and everything are just it's just everybody uh, just kind of uh, uh, staying close to what they believe. It's like all these holy wars and everything. It's like that we need to like rise above that or something. Like we're that's not the way to do it. Um, and so that's just like in the uh, yeah, it's called the, after such a grim diagnosis of the human condition. It is not surprising, you know. So uh, it, I don't know. It's a it's a really cool. It's a really cool book. I'm excited. It's like a, I got it, you know, it's like, it looks like an actual first edition of like 1973. It's falling apart. But um, anyway, so read that book. Okay. You sent an, uh, a link. So it's uh, yourwellnessyogi.com slash simplyhuman. And basically this is a, a thing that you sign up for this deal and you get um, kind of like a, a little guide where you can, you can go in and kind of assess where you are on several different um, factors or sort of domains in your life. So talk about like the, this gift that you've given our listeners. Well, that's the first gift. That's, so the, the way I have – so you go to my website and you go to yourwellnessyogi.com backslash simplyhuman. And you can sign up and you'll get sent to you a one of six workbooks or quizzes that start with. And the first one is a circle of life quiz that will help you identify areas of your life. And then over the course of the next 45 days, you'll get other free workbooks on career goal, career set, like career, like development, relationship, skills, goal setting, healthy eating habits, Ayurvedic nutrition, and it's just a way for me to give back. When I was on my journey, I had some really good mentors, and I got a lot of free information. I did some trying to give information back to people. Cool. Is that Rick? And is that you? A Are way you to have a conversation, Rick? If I anybody hand, I, wants, just give me a call, and we'll have a conversation. Cool. I'm just here to help. Awesome. And yeah, yourwellnessyogi.com is the website. You have a podcast, correct? I have a podcast right now. All it is is me repurposing my blog. Okay. Or I just. Because not everybody likes to read, so I just repurpose my blog for audio listeners also. Cool. And what's the name of the podcast? Uh, Living Life on Purpose. Living Life on Purpose, where all podcasts are sold. Uh, I think Rick might have had to jump off the call. Um, I'm sorry. Are you still here? Sorry. Um, and by the way, I'm always surprised when people listen to my podcast or read my blog. I'm always like, you read that? I know. That's, well, that's how we were. Whenever you said the thing about the GoFundMe, I was like, wait a second. How do you know about that? Surely you didn't listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're like, wait, you listened to me? And you're like, like awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, man, I really would like to have you back on. I know we just sort of scratched the surface on a lot of the stuff. Like I had all this stuff about the three, you know, the four human needs and the six, uh, human, needs. six human needs where there's four first three survival and all six that stuff, needs. the three uh, relationship stages and all that. We didn't get to all, any of that. So, Five languages of love. Yes. We need to get to all that stuff and maybe have you back on sometime in the fall or something. But uh, this has been great. Um, and I really appreciate you uh, giving us your time so wait you didn't guess my birthday dude i'm like this is not oh, a yeah, yeah. Job. oh I, my so, gosh I, I thought we were all cool we were boys we were gonna hang out we we're gonna do some yoga this is my you know? that is my bad i even wrote guesses birthday and i'm looking at it. i wrote it down okay uh we each get one we each get two guesses i'll go first <sighs> july 4th no dang it November 17th. Not even close. You were close, uh, Mark. Wait, Rick, your birthday is June 26th, right? That's mine. 
Let's Mark, your birthday is June. See, Mark. I guessed your birthday, one of your birthdays. <laughs> Wait, is yours June twenty sixth? He, he knew because he looked on the Facebook where I wish you had. <laughs> oh. my birthday is June fifth. I was like, when it asked my birthday, I'm gonna flip it on them. I'm gonna get one of their birthdays right. Oh, uh, and you did it. That was amazing. <laughs> well, okay. The reason you know why I guessed July four was because I feel like you and I have some some things in common, and I was guessing that you were also a Cancer. Um, Gemini. But you're a Gemini. I think cancer is, starts at 20, June 21, right? So I'm just barely a cancer. Yay, cancer. I love being Woo-hoo. a cancer. Um, cool. That crazy Gemini, man. Yeah. I make no sense in this world. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, Michael. Really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, we'll hopefully have you back on soon. This has been awesome. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. That's all, folks.